Good morning, everybody. We are live. And we I turn this light off, see if it works. No, doesn't work. It's better with this. So, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the next installment of James Perry Presents. And a bit of a special one because we're going all around the world with this one. And I've got an invite out to to uh, the guy who I'm going to interview, who is Toph Evans, and I'm going to invite him now. So, hopefully this is going to work. This is the first screen on Facebook Live. So, we are in morning to the two people we have here. So, we're just adding Toph. So, hopefully this works. Um, and if not, the contingency plan is that if, if Toph doesn't come on. Oh, there, go. on. there we go. So, there is no contingency plan, folks. This is going to go and we're going to go live. So, we've already got four or five people watching already. So, folks, if you're on... Um, as many questions as possible, and we'll try and answer everything here. So, Toph, thanks very much for joining me. Um, the latest, yeah, the latest episode, uh, the latest episode of James Pay presents, and this is the first international one. So, and the way that I advertise that it, it's Ireland versus Australia, so it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to, it's going to, it's going to be really good, man. So, thanks very much. So, what is, uh, what's all happening in in Queensland? Are you are you in Queensland at the minute? Are you at, are you at home? Yes, I'm in Queensland. So what's what's the weather like? Is it winter time? How's everything out there now? Uh we don't really have a winter, man. Oh, don't second don't like, second me, man. <laughs> like I'm wearing a jacket, but it's for me it's cold, right? But it's dude, the coldest it gets here is maybe like eight degrees. Yeah, yeah. That's but it. we're actually we're fairly well, we're in very, very blue skies at the minute than we have been for the last two weeks. And that will be the end of our summer, yeah. basically. We have two weeks for summer here in Ireland. And then it'll start to no, rain again, really? no doubt. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ireland is, yeah, cold, cold as well. So I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll kick off um, with, tell me about, tell me about you. Tell me about your background and your story to date. Yeah, dude. Um, so I've been on this bit of a journey recently. Um, where I've recently only gone solo because I was part of an endurance duo for a while. Um, essentially I was kind of lacking in my health because, and my mental health, right? It was like holistic. I needed to focus on, I guess when you got your mind on other things and partying and also wasn't accepting who I was as a person, um, that can kind of be really detrimental to your well-being. That could be detrimental to your physical health because you stop looking after it. You stop caring who you are as a person. And I just wasn't happy with who I was as a person. And yeah. I'm saying this, um, I'm trying to add as much humility as possible, right? Like I honestly was not happy who I was. So I was trying to be other people. Not like, like I was too busy either comparing myself and I put all these terrible expectations on myself that I just wasn't happy with who I was as a person. And I needed to do something quickly. Um, because I could just see, you can just foresee things, right? And I was foreseeing yeah. that my health, it, I had to do something quickly because my mind was just taking over me. And I find it so profound with the mind that you can't touch it, right? It's intangible, but it controls everything tangible about who we are as people. Yeah. So yeah. I was, that. it probably didn't help that I was trying to be other people. I just wasn't who I was happy with who I was as a person so I was masking um a lot of a lot of partying right and 
it got to a point where I needed to really focus on my health. And when I focused on my physical health, it really culminated like a better mental health and a better holistic yeah. health and everything yeah. around me. It was all I was ever seeing. And it was really great. It's like I was living a comeback. It was like I was living, really living a second life. And it was the start of something beautiful for me. And I didn't know it at the time. So for me, it, yeah, it's really blossomed into something beautiful. Tof, what age were you whenever this was happening? And at what age for you did that breakthrough actually come about? I reckon I was about 21, 22. I'd say yeah. about maybe, I'd say 22. And it was going for ages. It went for like a good maybe nine months or so, yeah. um, which was horrific because it was probably the <laughs> scariest time of my life um, yeah. because I was so disconnected. I was disconnected from who I was as a person. I was disconnected from all my loved ones that were trying to help me, um, whether it was friends or family. And that's the thing. Like when, as soon as we, as soon as we can't like resonate and we can't have that relatableness, that disconnection is heartbreak. And it's that emotional pain is, is more dreadful than any physical pain that we can go through. Yeah. hundred percent of the time we would rather have a, have a broken leg than have any emotional pain. So oh, it's it's it's, it's the classic it's the classic one. Tough. Sorry, if you break your leg and you tell your friend, they will come to your hospital and sign your cast. But if you tell someone that you break your mind, they will run a mile. It's yeah, you know, totally. and, and, and like you you quite so. And just to say, I have just related to every single word you have just said there. I can relate to it. Yeah. But the, the lucky yep. thing I would say to you is that you had that breakthrough at the age of, say, 21, 22. It took me to 35 to have that. And Yeah. Well, the, I was going through all the pain, mainly 21. Yeah. It, it wasn't until about 23 when it really okay. kicked in okay. um, where I could see it, was, but still a lot younger. But at the end of the day, like, there's no point comparing, right? Like, sometimes we you know, figure these things out later on. Sometimes yeah. it's, for me, I think it's a blessing that I went through it early. Because now I'm able to, but the thing is, um, even at 33, you've still got like another 60 years, dude. So you're all good. Certainly. Um, Certainly. Yeah. Maybe another well, 70. We could be 120 for all we know, right? <laughs> Very true. But, but what I would say is, Tof, I think I've been blessed to have it at all. A lot of people don't. Yeah. Uh, and they drift through what I would say is this mental fog in their life. Uh, and they don't yep. really see what it's for, uh, and and society and and all that conditions people into a certain way of thinking and acting, and which is which is not particularly beneficial for us. But sorry, you were you were saying then about the journey and how it then so it's blossomed into something really good. So where's that taken you? Oh, dude, it's taken me so much further than I thought. Like being able to see what actually are perceived the limits and realizing. I can break him every time. And that's, that's such a beautiful thing as someone who was low in self-esteem as a kid and growing up, someone who yeah. wasn't really confident, someone who wasn't happy with who they were as a person. As soon as it was, it was like the small wins, right? And then I was like, Oh, that's not too bad. And then you kind of building up on it. You are essentially building, like if you think of a staircase, right? Like as it's getting mm -hmm. higher and higher, it's like a crescendo, like it intensifies. And it was realizing, oh, if I can do this, I can do this. There are some certain times where I start questioning my insanity and like, Am yeah. <laughs> is this right? Yeah. But even if it doesn't look right, it felt right. 
and someone who is quite emotionally driven, I try and relay it through logic. Now it, it probably seems like the things I do seems irrational to people, but it seems rational now. And I'm glad I went through that because to focus on my health, it meant to really, to really immerse myself in, in there, like be a hundred percent submerged in what I'm doing. So that's why I thought sport would be a really good, be a really good thing. But the thing was I sucked at sport growing up and I thought, <laughs> you know what, just whatever's in the past is in the past and just focus on being the best version I could ever be. And I thought, you know, what, if it means taking up a sport, I enjoy it. And I didn't want to be a sport. Like I would just go in and I, I knew I was going to suck at whatever I did, but I thought I, this, I could always get better and better. And I ended up taking up running because the cardio was something I thought would be like a win-win. It's like, all right, it's cardio something I thought I would always, something I could probably improve on. And yeah. I was starting to enjoy it when I did a little bit of kickboxing. So then I thought, why don't I just double down running? And it's, it's kind of crazy. All I need is a pair of running shoes, but Sometimes the race fees can cost a little bit, but it's, it's worth it. It's a good return on investment for my health. Right. And before mm-hmm. I knew it, I met amazing people in the community and I still meet amazing people in the community. I will. Um, it's always like, if I, I always got to make sure I have a goal in mind or else I don't have, or else I'm doing it for the sake of it as opposed to working towards something. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a per- then it became a bit of a purpose. That's what I was really lacking. I was I was lacking like a self deterministic theory, right? This is the four mm-hmm. things. Um, I had the conversation with a really good friend yesterday. Like you need relatableness, autonomy, mastery, and purpose. And I felt like when you've got all four of those working in once, it's like the ikigai kind of thing in business. When all four are working synonymously, it's you just unify as a completely different person, and you feel almost indestructible. So when all those were working. It's the one I was really lacking was purpose and relatableness. Actually, I was lacking in all of them. And for me, it was, how could I be the best version of myself? I don't care what everyone else is in their journey. And I thought I just really needed to focus on myself because how am I meant to give if I have nothing in my cup? And one, one thing just to, to, to point in that is you're completely right in being the best version of yourself. Because I think with social media and things like that, tough comparison is a massive thing at the minute. So people are yeah. seeing these perfect people and this perfect life, whether that be an Instagram, Facebook, whatever that may be. And especially the younger yeah. generation are comparing themselves to that. So it's absolutely brilliant what you're saying to go out and be the best version of yourself and don't worry about what other kind of the comparison to other people. Yeah, I, I feel like, the people that are using social media to compare, they're not using it correctly. Like uh, for example, you and I connected through social media, right? We connected through LinkedIn and we were using it to, as a tool, as an extension of ourselves to meet other humans to connect because we humans are innately wired. It's very tribal in us. That's why whenever we get through heartbreak or whenever we go through some sort of disconnect, it's the worst feeling in the world. It causes a lot of emotional pain. And if we use it to see, all right, this person is actually quite a cool. I want to actually collaborate with them somehow. or I would love to get to know this person. So when you reached out to me, I thought, fuck yeah, I'd love to know more about James. And I thought, why not? Like we're on the other side of the world. We're just at the end of the day, we're human beings that spread out across the world. So that's why I thought this is, this is the perfect example where social media is great. But at the end of the day, I feel like some people that are, they're not putting enough rawness in what they're about. So it just seems very highlight realish, which is totally fine. But 
there is a lot of dark days in whatever they're trying to accomplish. Completely. Uh, and it is that, you know, the whole buzzword word is being authentic. Now, I'm not particularly keen on buzzwords, right? I'm, it's not my thing. I would just simply say it's being me and being open. And I was doing, yeah. I, I gave a talk on Thursday um, to a business group locally here. And I mentioned my mum, and I think I've mentioned to you the story of my mother. And, yep. you know, that was, she was the purpose in my life. But I told people genuinely what happened to her. I didn't hide behind it. And I told people about the struggles that I had to deal with some of that. And yeah. a, la a lady came up to me and thanked me profusely just to say, um, thanks for being so open in that. And the last line she said, which was amazing, she says, it's great to meet you, James. And it was great to meet your mother. And I just thought that was phenomenal. And literally, mummy was a picture on a slide. You know, mum passed away oh. 10 and a half years ago. Oh, good she was a picture on that. a slide. And that was unbelievable. And that's what sharing my story. So I completely relate in terms of that, sharing your story and just being yourself on that. Yeah, dude, I, I got goosebumps when you said that. That's crazy. <laughs> but it's, look, there's so, uh, where, where I've became passionate about this myself and the reason why I wanted to connect to you is because, and I do think there's, there are issues out there. I think there, there's an epidemic. Um, of mental health issues, if it's not started, it's coming. Uh, and especially in young men. And I, and I'm a product of that. You know, you were saying to yourself, you were saying about, you know, yeah, likewise. Yeah. Yeah. 22, 23. So if I never spoke to a sinner about any problem that I ever had up until I was 35 years of age, you know, and, and for how that, how was that level, like actually letting that all out? How, how was that for you? Was it like a, your your struggle for nine months was 18 months for me. And it was absolutely okay. horrific. I can't explain to you how horrific it was. And even I'm a qualified chartered accountant. So in my head, I'm going, I'm logical, I'm intelligent, I'm articulate. I can deal with everything. I'm quite controlling as well. I, I need to control things in my life. And for that to nearly go was frightening. And I'm looking at the date here. On the 25th of June, 2015, I nearly told my father to drive me to a mental institution because I seriously believed I was losing my mind. And that's how it came from me. So, but what happened was, and this is where I completely relate to you, where you cling on to something and then it, it drives you through all that problems and all those issues. And for me, it was starting my own business. And that's really how that came through. And now talking to other people. So that's where I'm passionate, especially with talking to young Irish men because I don't know what it's like in Australia, but certainly in Ireland, it's the whole macho element. You don't show your emotions. It's, it's kept yeah. under it's kept under wraps. Is that the you know? same? Is that the same for the rest of the UK as well? I would, yeah, yeah, yeah. UK and Ireland as, as two entities, yes, similarly, yeah, without a doubt. Whether it be sport related, yeah. certainly culturally related, definitely in Ireland here, both north and south, it's a cultural thing. You don't show your emotions. Um. So. Yeah. Hey, and what what happened with me, Toph, was at the age of thirty-five, it was actually a breakup that triggered it. It was a, I broke up with a girl um, three and a half years ago, and then three years ago, that was a trigger for everything else. So that'd be dealing with my mum's death, whether that be trying to deal with being an only child, whether that be who the hell is James Perry, whether that be you know I was brought up in a quite a strict Irish Catholic um, sort of tradition and trying to break through some of those restrictions so everything that you're saying man i've 
dealt with. Or and so that's the reason why the minute I seen you on LinkedIn, I said I have to talk to this guy. Because yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you. But quite around the world, around the world, fellas and everybody, not just men, are dealing with the same stuff. And yeah. I think we're blessed in that we were we had discovered a purpose that then to drive us forward and to deal with it all. So yeah. just to talk about you you're you're a thought leader on practical resilience then. So moving on from that and and the resilience, how's that came about? So give us a couple of tips in terms of practical resilience. Yeah, sure. So the framework, what this is about is so that you kind of, we look at the thing with adversity or any sort of stress is first of all, everyone goes through it. Yeah. Um, Cause we, we seem to go through this paradigm of I've got it worse than everyone else. It's not until we take a step back and it's like, okay, yeah. if we look at it like a group thing and look at it like a team effort, it, it does help because now we can connect again. Cause it, that's another bit of disconnection, right? Um, so the point of it is so that you understand you're very self-acceptant with what you're going through and you realize that it's going to make you better, even though it doesn't feel like it at the time. And essentially like being open is one, like being, I guess, vulnerable is quite, is becoming a word that's, I guess we were talking, you were talking about buzzwords before, but it's a word that kind of can seem very scary because it means let your guard down. And now we're not, and there's no security. So people can kind of stab at me. But if we look at it, like, let's share what's on our mind. And if we look at that, because if, we, if we're sharing something, it means we're giving and giving is kind of this, this powerful, positive connotation that it's a, yeah, I'm going to help. So for me, it's like, all right, declutter the mind with whatever's on there. And it's good to have that trusted in the circle from there. Now you've got more clarity. You and I, you mentioned something before and it kind of reminded me of, Back in the day, I couldn't think, and it's because I had no clarity because I bogged everything up, yeah. and I didn't have anything in there. So for me, there's lots of things like I use like a bit of meditation. I use writing as a outlet to open because I was so scared to talk to people because that's the masculine yeah. in me and testosterone. Yeah. And yeah. from there, I thought that's when I focused on my health. Health was a massive proponent into fixing everything because now I was able to sleep better. Um, and things were switching, right? There were times where I couldn't sleep because that was anxiety. And then there was depression when all I wanted to do was sleep. And when I focused on my health, I was living in present focused living. So from there, I got into the a better mindset and I wanted to be, because I want to be the best version of myself. I wanted to rewire certain habits because I can only have so many habits at, at a time. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to replace all the terrible ones with better ones. And there's a, there's a quote by Warren Buffett that says, the chains of habit are too light to be felt until they're too heavy to be broken, right? You can't see them until you can really feel them. And it, it got to a point where you have no momentum and you think how there's like the mind thing, right? It's intangible until you go to do something about it, but you literally cannot. So it was a matter of starting super small and then really working my way up. And from there, it made me incredibly grateful for the whole journey, right? It was, it's like, if I didn't go through any of that pain, I wouldn't have shifted my mindset. I wouldn't have shifted the paradigms to want to help others and helping others. Like, what is it? Giving is living. That's the saying, but I needed to help myself before I could, I need to fill my cup up before I can give it all or else I'm giving nothing away. And Yeah, yeah. So if I, 
but as I was just growing on it, I thought, wow, this is insane that it, it took me a long time to let the penny drop that you like, you could literally turn your adversity into your greatest strength. And it, it took me a long time to figure that out. That's why I like when I, you come across like, and the beauty of it is the, the more pain that you've gone through, you don't want anyone to ever go through that. So you have like this massive altruistic uh, characteristic where you don't want anyone else to go through the same pain. So you kind of sense that fear, your empathy levels are a whole nother level. And it's more of a compassion level now. And you just, you're out to serve and help other people. And that, that gives you a massive purpose because you're doing it for a greater cause. Yeah, certainly. And that's, yeah. So like, for example, I find, anyone that's gone through any sort of turmoil, whether it is going through overcoming depression or they've lost limbs or they've come back from war or they've been in the army or they're a sporting athlete, anyone that has gone through any sort of stress that's overcome it. Um, it's kind of inspiring because it's all about the comeback at the end of the day. In my opinion. And that's, that, that's what a lot of people, uh, thanks for saying that actually. Thanks for saying it with the pain aspect. I'm currently reading a book. Um, written by a friend of mine called Alina Balmos. And hi, Alina, if you're if you are watching. Uh, and she said exactly that in, in terms of the amount of pain that she experienced has, has driven her forward. And I think yeah. she was, it was along the lines of it either breaks you or makes you. And yeah. I think for them, unfortunately, it's the, it's the minority that it makes them. Because what happens with the majority is they tend to go into a spiral and that then leads to depression, that leads to anxiety, further into medication, you know, that sort of stuff. And it gets into that spiral. So if anybody's watching and going through it, you know, take on board what Toph said here about getting a purpose or getting a desire and grasping onto it and driving through. That's exactly what I yeah. tell my accountancy students, Toph. So one of the two, the two questions that I ask in a, the first session of coaching is number one, what's the most important thing you have in your life? And nobody gets this answer correct. They go family or friends, and I go, well, is it not your mind and your mindset? Because without your mind, you can't comprehend anything. And then the second one is, what's your why? And why are you doing these things? And what's going to drive you through whenever the shit hits the fan, actually? Um, yeah. You know, so thanks for saying that. That really just reinforces those points. So No, I'm glad you addressed that. Yeah, of course. Talking, talking about the shit hitting the fan, one of this great yeah. book you've written, Everyone has a plan whenever yeah. the shit hits the fan. Folks, go on to Amazon and buy it now. I have my copy here, hopefully. Going to be starting to read it in the next few days. Yeah, I've actually, I've got a copy if anyone wants to see the title because um, I knew you would bring it up. A shameless plug, Toph, a shameless plug. Yeah, oh, you, you mentioned it, so I thought, why not? Um, yeah. So I wrote the book because this was in my journey of when I mentioned before, I was journaling a lot. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I was journaling because I was scared to talk to people. And then I started writing a little bit more and more and more. And I was also blogging at the time as well. And I figured I've always wanted to write a book, but how do I make it so that it's, I'm not going to write a biography. Um, Cause I feel like it's a little bit corny right now for me, my age. I wanted yep. to write it so I can really make an impact on someone because here's the thing. We all have, for example, when people start businesses, they, they've got the plan and everything, but sometimes we don't have a plan when things go wrong. And that's for everything. Yeah. We all seem to have a plan when things go right. No one has a plan when things go wrong. So the book is about adaptability. The book is about appreciating who you are as a person, 
um, because I wrote it to, you know what, if it can get someone out of a rut or um, ideally if someone is going through any suicidal tendencies, hopefully I can drive them out of that. Um, or, um, and I've noticed as well, like that, that was the main reason. I've also seen it secondary where someone goes, thank you, dude, you've inspired me to start running or thank you so much because um, you've said something in the book that's changed my entire paradigm. And it might've been like, so it's pretty awesome to see these messages from all over the place, right? And it's I'm so humbled to actually get those. Like that was the the main vision. I didn't had no idea what I was doing at first, but do any of us <laughs> know what we're doing at first with anything? Yeah, and I, I, I'm exactly the same actually. I know I'm in a completely different space in terms of getting people through their accountancy exams um, around yeah. the world, but getting my messages from people in India or people in Bulgaria or or New Zealand. And saying, James, so thank you so much for helping me pass my exam. My career is now going from here to here. And my my income level is now going from here to here. And now I can travel around the world with this qualification. Do you know something? That means more than any money to me. Like those messages are just, they're very, very fulfilling, aren't they? Oh, yeah, because you can't put a price on them. That's why no. they're invaluable. Yeah. They're, they're priceless. They are, they are because it just really they're fuel for your purpose, if anything. And it's a yeah. commodity where no one could, you can't exchange it because you could literally grab a knife and I could pick out and try and take it out. But it's because it's, it's no one can take that away from you. It's mm. it, because it's, it feels like it's, it's earned as well because you, you had this vision, you manifested it, you turned it to fruition and you go, wow, this is literally really helping people. Um, let's double down on this. So for me, that was the overall vision I had with it. And then it was going, I had it, I wanted to relay it back to story because humans are wired for story. For example, when I tell you a story, like you said before, you will start to tell the own version in your head. Completely. That's why, that's why story is so powerful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I would, I would incorporate those journals at the start of every chapter and it gets really depressing at the start. Then it starts to lift up. Right. And from there I, I wanted to show people like what I had gone through. I, I wanted to get that, those thoughts out of my head where people I'm like, Oh, is people going to enjoy this? I said, I just wanted to write it. That was from entirely all from my heart. Right. Like if some people don't agree with some of the points, that's totally fine because that means I, they just don't have the same entire value set of me. So yep. I've just learned to respect their opinions. Um, Thankfully, not too much negative feedback on the book so far. So that's kind of good. Um, I guess I'm doing something right there, but I just wanted to help one person. That's, that's essentially what I was trying to do. And I believe I've already done that because I still get messages every day. And it's, it's so profound that with one idea that I thought, All right, I'm going to just write what's in my mind and it's ended up being quite valuable. That is like the best thing that's ever I could ever imagine. What what age are you tough now? I'll be twenty seven at the end of the year, so I'm twenty six. Okay, so, so that's incredibly secondly young. <laughs> um, <laughs> for me at, at thirty eight, but even the achievement of writing a book at the age of twenty seven is absolutely phenomenal. So I give you incredible credit for that. I wrote a fifty-page ebook e on accountancy, and I was chuffed because I'd done it at the age of thirty eight. Again, this is where I'm coming from. And again, with people, is, is I'll go back to this talk I gave on, on Thursday. And my two goals in life are, are very, very simple. 
Number one is to create a legacy. And number two is to create memories, right? And what I mean by a legacy is I want to help as many people as I can around the world. Now, I'm not going to be naive. Do I want to make money out of it as well? Hell yeah, right? I'm not going to be... Well, you're going to support yourself, of course. course. Completely, right? But I I do want to help as many people around the world and I want to build a name out there. Uh, And the way I put it out to people was for as many people around the world to say, that James Perry fella is actually quite a good lad. And if I can get people to say that around the world, I'm comfortable with that. The second one, which my, which the legacy will facilitate. You are a good lad, so I'll give you that. That's good, man. Thanks. <laughs> um, not too many people say that, so I'll take that one. Um, but the second one is to is to create memories, and the memories for me is to do the wonders of the world. So, you know, creating the legacy, helping people to give me enough finance to go and travel around the world and see the wonders of the world is doing that so what you're saying was you were so, recently weren't you yeah yeah I was, I was in jordan five weeks ago so that's nice. wonder wonder of the world number six so i've got two more to go off the official list and um, i thought there was seven wow oh there's eight so there, there's there well there's the modern seven plus the original ancient wonder of the world which is which the is pyram- which is the great pyramid in egypt it's it's oh, always been Giza, yeah gotcha so, but what I'm trying to say to that is that accomplishments sometimes, in my opinion, the, the corporate the corporate world at the minute and the conditioning is money, 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 money. That's all people are driven by, a lot of people, where I'm driven by accomplishments. Because they're building for a profit. Yeah. And I think the world's starting to, to, to shift in that respect. And it's down to me, you, the other great people you see on LinkedIn as well. But... And it's now coming down, in my opinion, to achievement. And for you to write this unbelievable book at the age of 27 is just unreal. So I would say to whoever's listening out there, whoever's watching us today, if you have an achievement, just go and do it. Don't faff about. Don't procrastinate. If you do want to write a book, go and do it. If one person on this planet buys it, you're a published author. It's great. And you will never be able to take that here's, away. Here's, here's something I did. I, I essentially worked backwards, right? Like I felt writing it was the easiest of tasks. It was okay. um, getting it published, getting it like the first draft, right? That's what I'm talking about. That was the easy part, right? Now it's gone back, reiterating. Like there's a few typos I've noticed. There's a few errors. That's okay. But the overall message is strong. I, I thought, what is the overall message? What is the gift I want to give? And then I just mm-hmm. worked backwards. And from there, once I had like the, the, I guess the wireframe, I put a deadline on it. I said, I, I need this done by this date. And then once I started talking with the publisher, we had like a, like a, I guess a date to work off. And for us to get there, it's kind of like project planning, right? You, to get to here, you got to do all the predecessor tasks and yep. you know that if you don't make deadline, it can get quite stressful, but it can, it, there's a, a cognitive bias called stress influence, right? You need stress to help you drive, but if there's too much stress, it becomes dysfunctional. So yeah, I was trying yeah. to, it was almost borderline dysfunctional, uh, productive. Um, cause I was starting to lose my mind at one point. It got to a point where I go and you were talking about reason why. And I thought, mm-hmm. and I mentioned this in the book, like you go, Oh my God, I've got 20, like, I'm so close, but I'm just so over it all. And it goes back to why did I do this in the first place? And I said, mm-hmm. cause I, I wanted to make an impact on someone. So I thought certainly that kind of, 
that kind of recalibrated. That kind of kept me grounded and it kind of kept my priorities in order. So sometimes like, to be honest, like I'm at a point where I need to always constantly be doing that because there are times where I'll get distracted easily. So for me, I've got to, I don't want to lose any focus because I feel like you, when you're riding like a massive tidal wave, the last thing you want to do is face plant because you're going to really hurt yourself. Oh, completely. It's a wee bit like, you, you know, Neil Armstrong, the, the, the first man on the moon. Why does nobody ever hear of Neil Armstrong? Because he, Neil Armstrong became a recluse because he'd done such possibly the greatest thing man's ever achieved and he massively face planted because there was nothing else he could achieve. So I can understand that, and he's became a recluse out of that. Um, how did the, how did your tour go? So you've done a lot of travel promoting the book. Yeah, dude. So I am about to go on another one in two weeks, actually, um, like a miniature one with a bank. But excellent. The yeah, well, their their risk team was very interested in doing some of like that. But for me, I had the opportunity to we strategically kind of planned it, and I was thinking there's a massive festival in the States called South by Southwest. It's like one of the biggest showcase festivals in the world. And it's in Austin, Texas. And I've been before. And funnily enough, I was there to just get absolutely rorted, like absolutely destroy my body. And I don't remember much of it. And it got to a point where, you know what, my publisher's based in Austin, Texas. Why don't I try and plan it so we can get it launched around then around They've lost. Oh, we've seemed to have lost Toph there, folks. And um, we'll see if we can try and get him back on. Um, but it was some great stuff there. I tell you, um, let me see if I can get him back on here. Okay, so people are still watching. Apologies, Toph just disappeared there. So I've reinvited them and I'll see what, what comes through. Um, but it was really just to talk a wee bit more about some of his stuff. And it was, yeah, O Martin is right, whatever happened there. So hopefully maybe it'll come through again. Um, I'll tell you what, what we'll do is we'll maybe finish the talk there. And if there's any questions, um, put them up on the screen and like there was loads of stuff we were going to talk about a bit further, but if you if you see the gist of what Toph's on about, um, it's some unbelievable stuff there that he's written the book and the other stuff that he does is he does ultra marathons, so that's one hundred mile marathons, which is phenomenal from someone who didn't particularly like training early on in his life to um to doing you know twenty four hour uh, treadmill challenges that sort of stuff. So it's an absolutely inspirational, uh, inspirational dude, inspirational fella who, you know, late twenties doing stuff like that there. So if we're going to get a bit of a bit of message out there, it really is whatever you want to achieve at whatever age, go ahead and, uh, and give it a go because the rewards are out there. And if you can help as many people doing it as possible, hey, that's great. So tell you what, I'm going to wrap it up there. I hope folks who is watching and there was really good crowd of people watching actually, and thanks for 
Thanks for joining me. Oh, hold on. Hold on. We can be coming back. And we're adding Tuff. Sorry, he's coming, making a comeback. So, if, um, let's see what we've got to say. But, yeah, what am I talking about? I'm now starting to, to blabber because I'm waiting on, on Tuff to come back. But thanks, everybody, for, for joining me. Also, by the way, there is, if, oh, the phone's died and he's coming back. Let me see if I can add, if I can add him again. Okay. Well, okay, so his phone's died. We'll not to worry. We'll, we'll, we'll finish it at this. One thing, if you know of anybody doing exams, um, and that's any exams, doesn't have to be accountancy related, on 8 o'clock Monday night, I am doing an interview on Facebook Live as well with Judith Ward, the wonderful Judith Ward. Um, okay, sorry, I can come back on. You need to add me back in. So let me just see. Let me try this again. <laughs> you back? Oh, oh, we are back. You see me okay, dude? My friend okay? literally died, and uh, yeah, oh man, you, perfect, dude. You're, um, Martin, Martin, Martin Gilchrist, uh, Martin, Martin Gilchrist said something that about stress, and I was stressed there. So thanks for making for coming back. We're all back on live. We're back on live, folks. We're all good. Shutting off. Yeah, yeah um, my phone literally said shutting off, and I was like, "No, I, it did." It was twenty-five percent battery when I started. Well, here you go. Um, I I had a plan. Whenever the, I had a plan. Whenever the shit hit the fan. There you go. So so all is good now. Right. Look, if we can get. Oh, we are frozen again. Can you hear me okay, Tove? Hi, all good. Yeah, and all I was good. just turning off all my apps to make sure. Good stuff, good stuff. So we're back on and we've dealt with the shit hitting the fan. We're, we're back at it, we're back at it. So we're getting so many flipping thumbs How up and all this. Oh, typical, typical. Okay, so where everybody can buy the book, and the book's a great thing. So the book, you can, it's all it's an, on Amazon, Tove, yeah? So I know I have a friend of mine yes, who's already so bought it. Yes, so the book it. is on Oh, thank you so much. Whoever that is, thank you so much. Um, the um, so you can go on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Fishpond. What's the bit? What's the big one in in the UK? I think it's Book Depository. I Book Depository is one. Yeah, yeah. Book, like book, book Depository on Amazon. Yeah, so it's it's on there as well. I've also got a book trailer on my site. So and then um, so if anyone wants to the read like the bit of the trailer behind it, so it's tofe com slash the book or if you just go tofe-evans.com there's going to be a section a tab where it's called about the book um and then it's also got like where you can purchase the book but yeah usually amazon or barnes and noble or book depository fishbond any of the big um yeah. main retailer main retailers it's on there. so the next question i'm going to ask you is about what people what do you do and people think is absolutely insane so that's the endure, endurance stuff. So talk to me a bit about the endurance bits and pieces you've done. Yeah, sure. So um, I can't take all the credit for this. I was doing this um, with a friend. We were endurance duo. We're not really much of a duo these days because I'm really doing much of a solo project. Um, but at the time, it was 
All right. Now I want to take up. I want to focus more on. I'm um, just making sure my phone's charging this time. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. I'd rather gain battery than lose battery this time. Uh, it was a matter of because I was putting all my effort into my health into running. I wanted to have a goal behind it, mm-hmm. and you were talking about goals before. So I th- I really wanted to do something that scared me, that's on the bucket list that isn't involving any party, <laughs> and it can involve travel, but I wanted to be tied in. It's okay if it's travel, but at least it's tied in with with running. Yeah. And now it was, then it ended up becoming, let's just do a marathon, which was the scariest thing I've ever done at the time. And you, it's the, these are the emotions you go through. You go, all right, what are the closest? This is what I literally did. I had this weird epiphany on St. Patrick's, on St. Patrick's Day, and I thought, oh, the great I should day, run a marathon. Great day, great day. And I'm like, there's alcohol, like kind of influencing me. And it wasn't until the next morning I was hung over and I thought I've got to do this still. So I thought, all right, this must've stuck with me. And then I Googled how long does it take to run a marathon? And it said for your first one, it said roughly about 16 weeks. So it's like four months. All right. And I thought I typed in Gold Coast marathon and like the Gold Coast marathon is one of the biggest in Australia and it's 17 weeks away. So I thought, let's just book it. And then before I know it, um, the training and that leading up to it, it taught me, it rewired a lot of habits. It taught me the power of discipline. It taught me the power yeah. of pushing my mind. And then one thing led to another and to another, to another. And then it led to my friend and I doing 40 events in one year for cancer research. Um, these events ranged from, you know, dude, we had like one event a month, right? And we would have, all we wanted was like a half marathon and a full marathon and a, an ultra which is anything more than a full marathon. And we also wanted like a triathlon in there and a Tough Mudder. And then as we were more immersed into the community, that community would find out more about what we're doing uh, yeah. for cancer research. And then yeah. they would say, oh, you boys should do this event and this event and this event. And then it turned into 40, right? We literally tripled it. And before we know it, we getting all these amazing, like we're getting such praise for what we're doing, but it's like, we couldn't do this without the community at the same time. And then before we know it, we're doing like 24-hour treadmill challenges and then we're doing 100-mile ultramarathons, which is like 162K. And then many, I think we did more 100-kilometer races than marathons, um, which are 42K. <laughs> so we're doing like, and, and it got to a point where we thought, all right, what are we going to do for the following year? And then we focused on quality, not quantity. And what that, what that meant was, all right, who can we help here and what events can we do that are really going to push our limits? So it went from like ultra running to like ultra endurance where we're doing some, we did a 12 hour swim at one point and we're doing the first event was running around a 400 meter track for 24 hours to having to being part of an, a research study for a university where we're locked in an altitude chamber for 48 hours, Oof. living and sleeping in this thing. Oh. But that's not the crazy part. The crazy part was training 12 hours both days. So day one, 12 hours on a treadmill. Day two, 12 hours on the bike, the roller and the treadmill. And that went to, that went to like youth mental health because you're, it looks like a glass chamber and it felt like we were monkeys being tested, right? Because they would test our, they would test um, our blood pressure, our oxy blood um blood oxygen level, our well-being, our dehydration, everything like 
it felt like guinea pigs and this was the kind of one where like i really kind of want privacy for once yeah. and yeah. uh so like it really tests the mental health and it's like this would be perfect for youth mental health and then it got to the point where we're doing um my mate didn't come with me but i had the opportunity to run um down uh from everest base camp for an ultra marathon which is coined the highest ultra marathon in the world yeah and it was scary as hell and i didn't know what i got myself into because we did a bit of climbing while we were there too and then before we know it come back and doing double marathons and stand-up paddleboards. So just paddling for trying to get 80K. And uh, it was a pretty wild year. And then it came to this year and definitely not as many events, but it's, there's still some pretty intense ones that are on the on the list. But for me, it was this kid that who didn't have much self-esteem and self-image and self-confidence in who he was as a person and was ready to end it all has gotten to a point where I thought, all right, let's do, because at the thing at school, I hated running, writing and public speaking. And I, they're the three things I do the most today. Yeah. And what flipped the switch, what flipped the switch for me was who can I help with this? Right. Like I flipped it by going, how can I make this a, for a greater cause? But then doing and that, it, that's what then really that's doing what, that for someone else has actually helped you overcome what you wanted to overcome. Oh, totally, dude. Like, you know what's pretty... You, you talk, we're talking about, like, thankful messages and all that, but the one of the greatest gifts I've ever received from someone was when when people that find out about what you're doing for the community and they'll come up and it's affected them because it's hit them emotionally because it's they've been a part of something like that, mm-hmm. whether it's been cancer or... Um, actually, I'll relay it back to this one story the last event of the year last year was running 50 kilometers in the hottest time of the year. Um, it's got to be like 34, 35 degrees, incredibly humid. Like we're talking like 90% humidity here. Um, running in Santa suits for 50 kilometers. <laughs> we're doing it for two kids. Um, we're doing it for two kids that, um, that have like this very rare eye condition called oh. retinitis pigmentosa. And, like hundred meters before you had to go, we had the, we had two sacks of presents. So we came through and um, it was a pretty like emotional. I remember it so vividly. And I remember crossing that finish line and they're the two kids and they have no idea what's going on. Cause they're four and six. So they're like, why they, they look, we look like wizards on crack. We didn't even have like Santa Claus <laughs> by the end of it. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, like the mom is incredibly grateful. The, the dad never met him in my life and he's just, I think he was like ready to ball out crying and it's like, wow, this is really felt like making an impact. So for me, it's pretty crazy when you can see how far you've come. And like, I'm not someone that likes to look at the past because like looking too far in the past is kind of depression, but it's okay to see, okay, I've kind of made it pretty far. If I can go through that, then what I went through, then what I'm about to come through now is pretty much no big deal. And don't get me wrong. I will come across, um, adversity all the time and I'm thinking all right how am I going to get through this one and I feel like you look at life like a like a puzzle right yeah, yeah. sometimes we're just missing the pieces and it's a matter of just finding the pieces and sometimes we have the pieces but we're putting them incorrectly into the jigsaw just to touch on two points there Tofa and the one that you're talking about is that by helping others you're helping yourself funny if I say this to my accountancy students the best way to learn something is to go and teach the other person that very thing so it's, it does link into that very, very mm-hmm. well. The other one, you're talking about gratitude. 
and uh, being grateful for things because it's, it's it's currently how it's a it's very apt now. The three people, if I talk to anyone, there's always three people I mention mostly. Number one's obviously my mum. Number two is my dad. And the third is Martin Gilchrist. And Martin, you're watching. So you're there. I see you. Um, who is a very good Oh, you asked me why would I do an ultramarathon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I always have to mention that, Martin in every way, shape or form. But I want to try and just chat about my dad a minute. So my dad, unfortunately, was diagnosed with cancer very aggressive cancer last year and on Friday passed on Friday passed just had a hip replacement as well but he's he's overcome it but the reason why I want to want to say it is this and you mentioning those two young children brought this home my dad is an exceptional man and he was in the cancer unit and in one side whichever way it fell in the waiting room of the cancer unit he sat between two young girls and both were in their teens both had cancer Right, both were bald from the chemotherapy, and my dad was sitting in the middle of them, and her, their mother was sitting to one side. And my dad came home and he said, "Son, I've been sitting between these two lovely young girls, both in their teenage years with cancer." He said, "I'm 73. I was able to grow up, and uh, and I was able to meet your mother and get married. I was able to have you. I travelled. I enjoyed my life, and I've only had my health issues now at 73 years of age." I'm not very lucky. And that's the way he looks at it. Wow. What a powerful perspective, isn't it? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. My dad's glass is always half full. Always. And just whenever you mentioned those two children and having that, that issue just brought back that story that my dad told me of those two young, uh, young ladies in, in, the, in the waiting room. So it's, 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 it's unbelievable. So a couple of quick questions, right? Who's your inspiration? Can I can I answer one question? Right. Yep. So Martin Martin, yep. he asked a question, why would I run just to <laughs> why yeah, yeah, do yeah. an ultra marathon? Would a normal for me it got to a point where I thought this is kind of fun. Let's see how far like I, I was able to do what I did. Now I was curious with what I can do. That's the reason why. It's like, oh well, there are things called what people can run for a hundred miles at a time. And people can run 200 miles at a time. All right, let's give it that a try. That's the reason why. To okay. answer this question. Okay. To answer your question about inspiration, you know what, dude? Um, anyone that – so my definition of greatness is when you can rise above the turmoil. So I look at your dad like a hero. Mm-hmm. To me, that if you – anyone – my inspiration can come from anyone that's a high-level athlete to someone like yourself that's overcome his, his struggles. Yeah. Anyone that has has a comeback or that's on the brink of a comeback, that is inspiration to me. So there are people that I find super inspirational. When I look at my massive book collection, there's a lot of people that have lived very resilient lives. Yeah. Um, like you've got your Elon Musk's and Arnold Schwarzenegger is a massive hero. Oh, yeah. God, I love Arnie. A lot I love of footballers. Arnie. Yeah, and there's a lot of um, people that got shit done and people that – overcame their struggles and made their adversity their strengths they are inspiration to me so there's too many to name <laughs> well here's one then just to to wire this one off you're talking about your massive book collection i have exactly the same i have a library here all waiting to be put up on 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 bookshelves um if you could tell everyone out there or recommend everyone to everyone out there a book to read apart from your own because that's a given but um what 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 what, what? <laughs> that would be um, 
One book recommendation. That'd be so modest if I listed my. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what's a book I'd recommend? Yeah. Oh my god, there are so many to name, dude. Um, all right, if we're gonna dumb it down to one, if we're gonna really condense it, um, I would list. Let's go back to Arnold Schwarzenegger. His book called Total Recall. That's oh. got to be on the top three to five for me. I'm ready. So his autobiography. Very good. Uh, dude, so not many people know this. Like, all right, so he was Mr. Olympia for eight years. Yeah. Seven years in a row, had a bit of gap, came back, won it again. Yeah. He was also in the army for a bit because he had to. Um, he also was a millionaire by age of 21 for real estate. Not many people know that. I never knew that. He is also a grade eight actor, even when no one can pronounce his last name and he had a very thick German accent. Yeah. He also became the governor or the, 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 yeah, yeah. Um, Cal- the governor California. of California. Yeah. He's yeah. And he's still, he, he has expeditions named after him, the Arnie expo. He's um, one second. I'm just making sure my phone's charged. Yeah, it's all good. Um, he's just done a lot and it's, his story is full of humility. Obviously he's not hundred percent perfect. No one is. Um, but I try not to focus on his flaws I try and see like what he's done really well and how, what took him to get there Yeah. into because he, he got in a bit of trouble with like cheating and that with his, his partner. But like, I try not to focus on that. I try and see, all right, he did very well in business per se, or he did very well in, in bodybuilding. What did he mess up and what can I learn? Because it's okay to make mistakes, but they don't have to be yours. So that's why we read books about other people that have done things so we can simulate, but we can learn from their mistakes. Yeah. So um, he talks about this thing called reps and sets, right? Like when you're at the gym, if you're going to pump bench press, you can do maybe three sets of 10 yep. or three sets of six, whatever it is. He talks about using this reps and sets mentality for everything. So when he was becoming a grade eight actor, well, he didn't, he wants to be, he was aspiring to be a grade eight actor. He, no one could really understand his thick German accent. So he would get, um, he would go to get like um, English speaking classes as often as possible. And he would start watching movies with um, English subtitles on purpose. Um, so he would learn quicker because it's the fastest way to learn something when you're immersed yeah. around it. Yeah. Um, for me, I, when I, I learned that when I was trying to study, well, I was trying to like learn a second language because I traveled a lot. And I, I tried to learn Swedish. So I would put my entire iPad in Swedish and I would have to force myself to learn it. And so I learned like something like that. So that book has been so much more like, yes, yeah, so it's 20 bucks, whatever, but it's been, it's created so much more. It's changed the entire paradigm to think even more. That's probably created more opportunity than 20 bucks. Definitely. That book is insane. Excellent. There's many more I can name, but yeah. No, that's a fantastic recommendation. So a couple more questions and then we'll, we'll wrap up. Um, what advice would you give your younger self, Tuff? So if you're looking back, what advice would you give your younger self? Don't sweat the small stuff mm. straight up. Very good. Because um, we would, if I was one thing, like that's definitely it because what we would always tell our younger selves is to relax straight away. Mm-hmm. Like, when we look at it, like when we, like when we're going through this, any sort of stress or adversity or anything that's a setback, it's really holding us back that we don't we we under 
we got to understand that it's we're going to be okay at the end of it. Mm-hmm. It just feels super bad at the time because it's something new that we've come across or it's maybe something that's causing a trigger, but we've got to realize it's going to be okay. And sometimes we need to relax. And in, sometimes we miss those beautiful moments in life because we're too busy stressing. So for me, it's don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah, completely. And whatever's the big stuff, whatever's the big stuff, how, what can we do today to fix it? What's the solution? Who can we get on board to help us solve it? Um, and is this something that we can help that's going to better humanity? Completely agree with that. Um, I would say from about the age of 23 to up until about 33, 34, 35, I was chasing the corporate dream. I was chasing being partner in um, a worldwide accountancy firm or being a finance director in a company and industry. I was too much of a, of a human doing and not enough of a human being. Um, and actually just, yeah. you know, taking a step back and will it be, I actually do advocate to everybody meditation and taking half an hour out for yourself to do very, very little or where I'm from, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm blessed in the, in, the, in the part of the countryside that I'm from here in County Down in Ireland. Like it's one of the most beautiful parts of the world whenever the sun's out, it's amazing. And actually going and, and appreciating that, hey, yep. you're quite right. You're quite right. Um, life's too short, far too short to, uh, to worry about all the small crap that's meaningless at the end of the day. You're definitely right. And the last question, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, and it's been it's been great, great chat, by the way. What are your priorities then over the next twelve months? Yeah, sure. So I've got. I'm always looking at the like if you break the the holistic health into many parts. So for me, it's the the health side of things. I'm always continuing to do the ultra running. Mm-hmm. So that's something on board. Um, I'm really speaking quite a bit now, but I'm looking at like when you're talking about book tour, that, that was like the the launch. And now I've got a book tour with a bank coming up. So for me, you've got risk teams that want to work on resilience because it is like a top one. So for me, it's always constantly speaking. Now I'm, 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 I'm quite fortunate. I'm grateful to have the opportunity to be paid to speak now, which is awesome because I, like I said, I never thought you could get paid to speak until someone said, Hey, we'll give you this much. And I thought, Oh, well, that's a thing, right? Um, for me, it's, I'm always constantly figuring out ways how I can make an impact on other people and really give value. Um, it's to me and it's, it's like lifting up people at the same time. So like figuring out how I can help people, how I can hit their pain points and be of help to them and with resilience and who knows, dude, at the same time, I don't want to plan too much because I know what it's like when you put so much expectation on yourself and. Um, you really, you're just riddled with when, as soon as you don't make a deadline, you freak out. So for me, it's at the same time, I would love to be a little bit more something I've got to really work on is being a little bit more financially independent, but I feel like I'm, it, it will happen. It's just, you, I've got to really manifest. You need, well. you need a good accountant. Yeah. You need a really good accountant, but he's, he's in Ireland here and he's called Martin Gilchrist. He isn't called James <laughs> Carey. <laughs> um, yeah, I completely get that. And I can I understand actually where you're coming from in this because it's sort of happening to me. So my accountancy business is splitting into two. So I've got the accountancy coaching going to do its own thing. But I've got James Perry. So I've got my, yep. my own brand coming out. And it is literally public speaking, networking, talking to schools, business coaching, etc. But I don't really want to put that many plans around that because that is 
becoming a really exciting transition and I really don't know what's going to happen. So it's even the excitement of that. Totally. So I completely understand that. But it's trusting the process of that's unfolding and whatever happens is going to be a good thing. Yeah, that's a... It's, it's really being appreciative of the unexpected and just really in, embracing that. It's like, for example, have you noticed like when you put out a piece of content or when you do something and it start, things just kind of blow up from there, right? Oh, yeah. And you got, I, and every time I hear it, someone goes, yeah, it was a piece that I never expected. That's it. If the moment you put any expectations on. So for me, it's the future. I know the future is going to be bright, but I don't want to expect anything. It's like, throw whatever you want at me hit me with all the curveballs but um i feel like that's just going to create more opportunity yeah at the time it it gets you really curious and starts to test your sanity as well but at the same time if the vision is very powerful it will get you out of it and people like at the end at the end of the day it's okay to make mistakes and people that are on your side understand what you're trying to do and they realize that you're not perfect and they go it can get, it can be quite forgiving. It's like okay, obviously you didn't whatever they're trying to achieve. So for me, it's uh, I think Will Smith said it best: like fail quick, fail early, and fail fast. Yeah, so for me, it's it's knowing that, and it's good knowing that because you can teach that onto other people. That's why like people, I find people that have gone through more hell than anyone else. I find them inspirational because I think holy shit, if they've gone through that. Um, then I can go through whatever I'm going because they're also a human being. Yeah, completely. Martin Gilchrist, thank G- thanks, James. The check is in the post. I'm sorry, Martin. I have to balance this out. Barry Flynn is a fantastic accountant as well because he's one of my best mates and I have to now mention him. Um, yeah, but I completely get that because the one thing that was unexpected was these, these James Perry present things that I'm now doing, tough is something that came out of the blue literally ah, six months ago. And but I only started taking it serious about two months ago, and it's getting about fifteen hundred views, two thousand views. But the most unexpected of the lot is whenever I interviewed my father, and it's now approaching five thousand views. He, he he's went viral. Yeah, wow. He's went viral. So that's where you're completely right. Sometimes the thing that goes unexpected is the things that actually grow you and 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 get your name out there. So no, it's I completely understand that one, man. Thank you very, very much for that conversation. That was absolutely brilliant. And folks, if you're watching, put yeah, a load of, put, thank you, man. Put a load of put some thumbs up and hearts up now and show your appreciation for this guy. Because at the age of twenty seven, it's just absolutely phenomenal. And if either me or Topher can inspire you to do one percent extra in your lives, go for it. Um and the young fella is brilliant. Is brilliant and thank you very very much for that and i hope everybody there has found all this all this useful keith truman let's get this viral too definitely man definitely so it's been a pleasure thank you thank you man and i want to yeah i want to give you some acknowledgement as well man like thank you for doing everything you do thank you for reaching out to me a while back and i'm still glad we can still stay in touch um when when are you doing your next when are you doing your next two uh, Modern Wonders? Wonder, well, wonder. well the, the, the big thing for me is I'm an Egypt nut. So I adore Egypt. And I have done the Great Pyramids and I have done Northern Egypt, I've done Cairo. But Southern Egypt's a massive thing for me. So there's a temple, if anybody out there has ever heard of it, called Abu Simbel. And that is the massive temple to Ramesses II, who was the pharaoh that I'm completely very, very interested in. 
So I have to see that, and I'm going to try and get that done in November. The other two, which is Chichen Itza in Mexico and the Great Wall of China, hopefully I'll get that done within the next two years or so. Um, really depends on how my dad's health holds up to, because I'm, I'm sort of caring for him as well at the moment. So, um, yeah, we'll get them done. I will get them done. And, uh, you know, look, it's these achievements that we, that we do is the things that people can't take away. You can have all the money in the world and go bankrupt, but it's the achievements and it's the legacy and it's the memories, in my opinion, is very, very important as well. So definitely go out and achieve more things, man, and get your name out there and let's, uh, let's, let's do something together and change this bloody world. Thank you, brother. All right. I appreciate you, man. Absolute pleasure. Everybody out there, thank you very much for watching the latest James Perry Presents and we'll be in touch again. Take care. Good luck. Thanks. See you, mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.